It's an impromptu session of Locked On Sooners live on Wednesday night as the college football playoff. Hey, they're going to go ahead and expand early. And we'll talk about that on today's show of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh on Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref and Norman. Josh, the thing that we talked about on last night's show, the Rose Bowl potentially holding up college football playoff, it did not happen. The college football playoff is going to expand early in 2024, as most people kind of expected it to do. And... I think ultimately it's good for the game. It's good for Oklahoma. It's just good for football in general. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I, I can't, I can't believe that one day later we're talking about it's a go. This thing's happening and it's uh, it's happening really, really quickly in college football to where 2024, 2025, we've got a 12 team playoff, which means we've got, the playoff coming up here in about a month's time. And then we got one more year where it's sort of the final remnants of that little bit expanded BCS type model. And then from, from there, man, uh, you're talking about for Oklahoma, if, and when that's the first season in the sec, or if that 2025 season, right, would be your first season in the sec. Then the second year, the 12 team playoff model, that's, that's going to be Oklahoma, in uh, the SEC. So what does it mean to me for Oklahoma? Well, I think that it means we start looking, thinking, talking about this, and toss Texas into the mix on this as well, by the way. USC, UCLA, they followed a little bit uh, after Oklahoma and Texas, but basically for those four, and specifically for us on Locked On Sooners, for you, Oklahoma fans, it means Oklahoma gets to have its cake and eat it too. Oklahoma got exactly what it wanted, exactly what it wanted, which was Oklahoma gets to go to the SEC. It gets the enhanced payouts of the SEC. It gets hopefully, hopefully the recruiting bump of the SEC, right? The prestige of the SEC. And I think a lot of the same things that have always applied with this move for Oklahoma to the SEC is you find out very quickly and very easily, John, whether or not you belong with the nation's elite, because the nation's elite have resided in the SEC. So now that uh, you get to play these teams week after week after week in the not-so-distant future, and it's combined with this 12-team playoff, and you're getting the big payout that you get from being a member of the SEC, man, this is kind of win-win-win-win-win for Oklahoma. This is what they envisioned it looking like when uh, obviously they were kind of setting it up privately to make the jump to the sec. Yeah. And I think the timeline and you mentioned it, like I think the timeline works out beautifully for them because so much, there was so much concern about Oklahoma being able to contend right away in the sec in 2025 or 2023, when I can kind of expected that they would make that jump. But if it's not till 2025, you know, this gives Brent Venables, the staff time to kind of retool this team, get this defense ready to roll. But at the same time, still, 
allows them to be potentially in contention for a college football playoff berth. I think it's a great kind of great timing. And I really do think it's really good for um, the sport in general. I know a lot of people aren't fans of, of college football playoff expansion. They weren't really fans of the college football playoff in general. But I think what this does is it just provides more intrigue to the games that are happening in November. You know, so much of November for Oklahoma was just about bowl eligibility this year. The same true for Texas Tech, for Baylor, like a lot of these teams that were kind of out of it the last couple of weeks of the season. I mean, November 1st, they were kind of still kind of in the hunt. You know, if you're still in conference title contention, you're still in contention for the Big 12 or for the a college football playoff berth if you're going to get an auto berth by winning the championship. So I think it just creates a little bit more interest in the games that, you know, when you have a, a two-loss conference team or a three-loss conference team that still has a shot at making the playoff, that's a little bit more interesting than, hey, you're just trying to win the, the conference title or you're just trying to get, you know, bowl eligible, something like that. And on the other hand, you look at a team like Ohio State this year who's played really good football for the most part. They've got a Heisman Trophy contender and C.J. Stroud. They're, they got to hope that Michigan loses in the Big, 12, the Big Ten title game or somebody like USC or TCU loses in the Big Ten title game or, sorry, the Big 12 or the Pac-12 title games to have a shot, a realistic shot at making the college football playoff. In an expanded playoff, a team like Ohio State isn't getting punished just because they lost to an undefeated Michigan team. They still have a shot at contention. And I think that's, that's to me, the best part of this. You go back even further to TCU Baylor and the whole Big 12 debacle that transpired with those two and them not picking a team, then this year or a, an expanded playoff would have allowed both, te- both teams to get in. Now, there might have been some argument, argument about seeding and whatnot, but I think this is just really, really good because it helps kind of clear things up a little bit. There's not going to be, you know, we might argue about one lost teams and who deserves to get in or two lost teams, but I don't think people are going to be sitting there sweating three lost teams as much. Yeah, there'll be debates and there'll be arguments, but it'll come down to like, hey, you still lost three games. Like really, what, what do you have to complain about? So I, I like it. I've always been a proponent of expansion. I love the NFL. I love the 12 team NFL playoff. So I'm excited about this. Me too, man. And I get that a lot of the old college football fans here say, don't mess with my regular season. Don't take excitement week in, week out. I can't afford to lose a game. Well, you're right. That is gone now in, in college football, John, to the extent that we knew it, right? It's uh, no longer a guarantee that for a TCU were, I mean, look, TCU's in under this 12-team format in 2024 and beyond right now. They've locked up a bit, right? USC, I think, probably has locked up a bit. Any of these teams that we're talking about probably have locked up. But for, you know, you mentioned Ohio State, right, who loses to Michigan. What arguably, John, is to that point maybe the reason. Now, like you said, really, they're not totally punished. The other the other team that I'm thinking about this week is LSU, right? Now they've got a chance this week in the SEC championship game to, to play themselves back into the playoff win. Look, LSU's done a lot of good things this season. So that one stinky bad loss versus A&M last week isn't the final straw that knocks them out. 
bottom line is this, man. If you're a power conference champion, probably you deserve a seat at the table to play for a national championship. I know that the regular season is going to be a little bit different now. And the again, the idea of you have to go unbeaten or you have to be one loss. No, you don't anymore. Unless you're talking about trying to host a playoff game, John. But I love the idea of home sites getting in play here too. The idea of a playoff game in Norman, I think is awesome. And uh, what is it? What else does it mean for Oklahoma, John? I would say this. Now, all of a sudden, if we're just talking about 2022 to 2024, Oklahoma doesn't have to improve by all that much to be one of the teams in the college football playoff. K-State's a three-loss team, man. And guess what? If they win this week under this model, they got a chance to play for a national championship. Same thing with LSU, right? I mean, so it just totally changes the way a lot of this is going to function. Yeah, it just creates so much more incentive for any team that may not be an undefeated team. It just gives you the opportunity to stay in it. And, and I think that's the best part about it is fan bases can stay tuned in and locked in for much longer in the season. I mean, what was it? I think in November, like the beginning of November, Oklahoma State still had a shot. Uh, I think, you know, Oklahoma was probably out of it, but Baylor still had a chance. Texas still had a chance. Kansas State had a chance. I mean, that I think that's huge is keeping more fan bases engaged is going to one. It's going to drive up, you know, TV numbers. It's going to drive up ratings. And and I think that's a good thing for the sport is having this having a, a game that has more intrigue, more interest for longer for more fan bases. I mean, that's why Major League Baseball added the wild card. You know, that's why the NFL has expanded their playoffs. It's just because they the more fans that stay engaged, obviously, it's more revenue, but. Yeah, I think it's good. And then, you know, you talk, you see Ed Hernandez kind of talking about group of five. And I think that's a huge aspect of this that often gets overlooked because nobody kind of, everybody kind of just poo-poos the group of five and they think, okay, they're not really going to have a shot at this. And maybe not, maybe Tulane couldn't hang with Georgia this year, but they did beat Kansas state. And so they don't, what if they, you know, in the first round, say they, they get matched up with, a team like Kansas state or a team like uh, Clemson, you know, Clemson's not going to necessarily blow the doors off of Tulane. So what if Tulane is able to go in there and knock off a Clemson in the first round of, of a playoff or knock off of a North Carolina, you know, if North Carolina were to win the ACC championship, that would be huge for Tulane and the group of five. That'd be huge for their school until, you know, last year, the group of five didn't have anybody that got to the got to the table. There was no participant in the playoff. Now with college football playoff expansion, you get an opportunity to get somebody at the table and it creates an opportunity for a Cinderella story, which we love in March Madness. Like the reason March Madness is so fun isn't because Kansas and Duke and North Carolina and uh, I don't know, I can't, Kentucky, because those schools win it every year. It's fun because you see underdog teams rise up go on runs make it to the final four and it creates so much more excitement and intrigue when you have those things happening what you know will they will the the cinderella win in a college football playoff probably not but the more that it happens the more you get end up with teams like gonzaga a gonzaga who wasn't a powerhouse until they started making runs in the tournament and then they started becoming a college basketball powerhouse but if they didn't have a seat at the table, they didn't have an opportunity to go play in the NCAA tournament. That never would have happened 
because they wouldn't have gotten the profile on the national stage to be able to recruit players to come play for Gonzaga. And the same will hold true for group of five teams that are able to get into the college football playoff with regularity or even without regularity, just getting to the college football playoff, having that profile will allow them to recruit better players. And it's like our friend Kendall mentioned, it'll create a little bit more parity um, in college football. And, and that is going to be good for the sport. I'm really, so beyond Oklahoma, yes, 2020 OU team would have gotten in from 405. Boy, that's right. I mean, and there's probably plenty of other examples we could pull up that, look, this Sooner team or that Sooner team either wasn't out of it then at a certain stage or would have had a chance to get into a playoff picture. It just, again, everything's going to be totally different under this format. It uh, rewards conference champions, which I think is important. Right. I mean, if we talk about how it diminishes the regular season, well, in a roundabout way, it restores some of the importance of the regular season, because if you get into a conference championship game and you have two, three losses, four losses, whatever it is, if you're there and you get in and you win conference championship, you get a chance to play for and win a national championship, assuming that, again, you're one of those. I think it's the the top five, top six conferences. So, man, I just think that all of that logistically makes sense for it. It allows a little more wiggle room for Oklahoma in terms of if you're not a one-loss type Oklahoma team, then you still got a chance to get in and uh, and get red hot. So in years, John, where maybe you're breaking in a new quarterback, I'm thinking, you know, let's see how next year plays out, right? I know there's a lot of buzz about could Jackson Arnold play, play next season for Oklahoma. I think it's going to be Dylan Gabriel, but if you got to the midway point, right, th- this is just – Totally going down the hypothetical path. So follow me on this one. You probably all know where I'm going with this, but let's say two losses into the season, you say, you know what, we're going to make a quarterback change. And then for the final six, seven games of the season, you play a freshman quarterback like a Jackson Arnold, and he's great. Well, now all of a sudden, you're not eliminated from winning a national championship. And as your team has gotten better as the year goes along, you've got, again, a chance to play for a national championship. So it just, dude, it totally changes everything. For Oklahoma, I think uh, one of the things I'm most curious about beyond OU, John, is this. The parody angle that Kindle brought up, does this open the door for the rich to get richer? The Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the, you know, Georgias, Ohio States, Michigans, because right in this scenario, obviously Ohio State's still going. Does it open the door for that or like Ed Hernandez is is mentioning here, Kansas State should get one of the spots, right? They should get in. Does a Kansas State, does a Wisconsin, some of these programs that kind of have been really solid, good programs for a long time, but not in that upper echelon, does this pave the way for one of them to, like you mentioned Gonzaga in the NCAA basketball tournament, where now all of a sudden it was a mid-major, right? It started as a mid-major. Then a couple of sweet 16 runs later, all of a sudden we're 10 years down the road and all of a sudden Gonzaga is a perennial one seed. And I know that they play in the West Coast Conference and that's probably part of the run of dominance right there. But just to use that as an example for someone that wasn't a historical power in college basketball, really because of the NCAA tournament, John, turned into a national power. Can this 12-team expansion Can that happen for multiple teams that we just don't know about yet in college football, 10, you know, six, eight, whatever years down the road. 
It's certainly possible. And I, I think it's definitely worth a, a conversation because it just opens the door for everybody. It really does. It opens the door. And we're going to continue to talk about this. We're going to talk about Anton Harrison declaring for the NFL draft. We've got another transfer portal declaration as well that we'll touch on on tonight's episode of Locked On Seniors. Thanks for being with us. But hey, make sure you go to Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your favorite sports. They got every sport you can think of from football, basketball, Major League Baseball, hockey. MMA, boxing, whatever you want to get in on, Bet Online's got you covered. They got all the best lines and odds there for you. Right now, TCU, two and a half point favorite. The over under 61 and a half going into the Big 12 title game. You want to get in on the action, you go to Bet Online. Again, betonline.com. Sorry, Bet Online is, it's not betonline.com. Bet Online is where the game starts. Um, all right, Josh. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think that this just, this does open the door. Yeah, it's betonline.net. It's not betonline. Anyway, this opens the door because any team that can start making the college ball playoff regularly just gets it gets more shine. You know, you get more eyes on you. That's only going to be good for your program. It's the it's how we've seen, you know, a team like Clemson. Like Clemson back in the 2000 to 2010 kind of decade, you know, they had some good years, but were they a team that we looked at as a you know, a powerhouse football team. No, but they started winning in the 2010s and 2020s started, you know, making, you know, significant headway on the defensive side of the football. Thanks to Brent Venables getting into the college ball playoff, winning national championships. And now they're looked at as a powerhouse in college football. I think, you know, yes, you know, we can call them dub them new money a little bit, but they're there. They're at the table. And I mean, they would have been cause they're in a power five conference, but they emerged through winning in the postseason, winning in the college football playoff, winning national titles, and now they're considered one of the best programs in college football. So I think it's very, I mean, it's definitely possible for a team like TCU or Kansas State or Wisconsin. Uh, you can go back to a team like Stanford. You know, Stanford's kind of fallen off a little bit. If they could have a good year and then get back into the playoff, it raises the profile for them. It raises their they're standing amongst recruits on the national stage. Whereas right now, like how many Florida kids are watching Stanford football? None. But if they were to go on a run and even get the 12 seed in the playoff, well, they're going to be on national TV across the country and everybody's going to be able to see them. So I think it's huge. And, and, and it does provide more opportunity for more kids to see more teams than they might otherwise. Yeah. The rich are going to get richer because they always do. But also if there are more paths to the playoff, for more teams, then I think more kids will go to different schools. You won't see, you know, all the kids flock into one place just because they want to play in the postseason or want to play for a national championship only because Alabama and Georgia and Ohio state are going to be the ones playing for the national title. If everybody's got a shot, then maybe it's like, Hey, you know what? I could go instead of going to Alabama, maybe I'll go to Florida because I'll get to play. And they'll have just as good a, a shot at making it to the college football playoff if they're able to have a good season. And even if they don't make the, the conference championship game, if we're a two-loss Florida team and we miss out on the conference championship game, there's a good chance we're still in the playoff. You know, it might be an 11 or 12 seed, but there's still a chance. So I think I, I just think it just creates opportunity for the talent to be kind of more evenly distributed um, than it is right now. Which... Isn't that ultimately what the college football playoff 
is going for here? Isn't that ultimately what ESPN and everybody's going for here? Look, they will cram Bama down your throat, right? SEC, ESPN. They'll cram eventually Oklahoma and Texas down your throat. They'll they'll do the same with Georgia, whoever, right? But ultimately, don't they kind of want this to be the minor leagues to the National Football League? That's the direction all of this is headed, right? With two major superpower conferences in both the Big Ten and the SEC. But man, beyond that, if you do live in a world where there is a little bit more parity, and I can see that scenario unfolding where because Kansas State is a regular Big 12 champion or because uh, insert whatever remnants of the Pac-12, because Oregon is a regular Pac-12 champion, those those schools kind of elevate their recruiting that we have. You know, Oregon, we've seen do that. But I'm thinking of the Kansas States, Wisconsin's, those types of schools of the world that if you're a regular participant in this deal, then all of a sudden you do recruit better than you're accustomed to recruiting. And with name, image, and likeness, man, that's just a total game changer to add on to the rest of this, right? To where if you are a regular college football playoff participant, then all of a sudden with name, image, and likeness and with the transfer portal the way that it is, it just, it's a different world, I think, that we're about to embark on in college football. Just one final thing, if I can, John, before we move on to Anton Harrison. Because we spent, you know, the the good portion of yesterday at the end talking about the Rose Bowl, I just would be remiss if I don't say bravo. I'll be honest. The Rose Bowl, I thought, was so uppity, so we are too high and mighty. There's no way they're going to let this thing happen without a and, – and look, they fought for a good little while, John, but the first ultimatum publicly I didn't think – was going to result in this happening the following day. I'm shocked from that standpoint. I have to applaud the Rose Bowl. And bigger than that, for anybody that wants to sit and say, okay, the regular season in college football has changed, and I hate that, right? Well, one thing you definitely didn't want to change if you're a college football purist either is the Rose Bowl having a game that has national college football importance. Well, now the Rose Bowl is still a part of this thing. And I'll, again, I thought, John, maybe I was hook, line, and sinker on the ultimatum that uh, the college football playoff put out there. But there was a part of me yesterday that was like, oh, dude, we're going to get to this point where the Rose Bowl is not a part of this thing. Come on down, Valero Alamo Bowl. Come on down, Las Vegas Bowl. But uh, Which actually, a couple of those wouldn't have been the worst thing for OU. That's neither here nor there. Good for college football that the Rose Bowl is a part of it. Yeah, I think the Rose Bowl saw that maybe the Duke's Mayo Bowl was going to be their replacement and thought, what? We can't, we cannot allow that. Like, as as much as we want what we want, us getting replaced by the Duke's Mayo Bowl would be the ultimate slap in the face. I'm sorry. Like, that would be, I mean, that's going from, you know, king, the king, taking the king and then making the gesture the king. Like, not that the Rose Bowl is the king, but like, the same equivalent, like removing the king from power and like gesture, you get to take his place on the throne. Like that would just be ridiculous to me. Uh, hey, but shout out to Duke's Mayo Bowl. Sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but you're not the Rose Bowl. It's just, it is what it is. And and I and I mentioned it on last night's show, like growing up as a California kid, I lived in California from age two to 14. Like I grew up on the Rose Bowl. Like college football to me was the Rose Bowl on January 1st. And the implications that that game had 
through the eighties and the early nineties were huge. And so it had to be a part of this. I, I love that. Again, I love that they brought the cotton bowl into the college football playoff rotation. Sorry, Kendall. Yes, I know West coast kids. Sorry about that. But then I, I lived in Texas from 14 to 26, which makes it even worse. I know, I know. Um, but I love that they brought the cotton bowl into the, the college football playoff rotation as well, because that is again, another iconic game that needed to be a part of this that had, you know, postseason implications. So yes, bring this, uh, bring this part into, or keep the rose. Sorry. Kendall's got me distracted now <laughs> having the Rose bowl, part of it, huge for college football, huge for the playoff. And I, I can't wait to see how they break up the format. I'm really excited about the home games, the home site games. Love it. I love the home site games. And I know maybe people don't care about the Rose bowl now, but like in the nineties, early two thousands, when UCLA USC were really good, that game mattered. Like that game carried significance. Like even when Colorado was uh, not Colorado, like Michigan, you know, chasing national championships, they had to go win in the Rose bowl. A lot of times if they wanted to win the national title. And that was huge. Like the big 10, their path to the national championship went through the Rose bowl. So that's part of that cotton bowl being part of it. Great. Love it. I'm glad that it's going to stay apart. Can't wait to see what the home setup's going to be like. Cause like you mentioned earlier, Josh, having home site playoff games is going to be bananas. Like think of the college game day environment times 10. That's what it's going to be like. These fan bases are going to be geeked up for home playoff games like Alabama and Oklahoma in a home playoff game, whether it's in Tuscaloosa or Norman, dude, that's going to be lit. That'll be fire. Absolute fire. Just print the money for everybody in those towns, whether it's restaurants or hotels or the stadium, the networks, it doesn't matter. Print all the money. <laughs> 405 boy, that's going to be a good conversation. We'll have to have another time. Uh, this off season, we will have it. I promise we'll do it on the live show where you guys can all react to how I became an Oklahoma fan. But if you want to go back, you can look through the podcast feed back in like September of 2020. And you can find the show where I described how I became an Oklahoma fan if you'd like, or you can just wait until um, this, this off season. And then I'll describe how I became an Oklahoma fan. That being said, where were we? What was I even discussing? I can't remember because four or five boy asked a really good question. Um, let's turn our attention now to Anton Harrison. Anton Harrison, unsurprisingly declares for the NFL draft. I think the writing was kind of on the wall when I started seeing his name mentioned in uh, you know the draft wires mock draft as a first round pick in Pro Football Focus's top thirty on their big board. Not surprising. The guy's a left tackle. That's an important position. It's part of the money five in the NFL. So there's five positions that they prioritize, both in free agency and in the draft. That's quarterback. So it's the guy that throws the ball, the quarterback, the guy that catches the ball, the wide receiver, the guy that blocks for the guy that throws the ball, the left tackle, the guy that rushes the guy that throws the ball, the defensive end or the edge rusher, and the guy that covers the guy that catches the ball from the guy that throws the ball. So quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, defensive end, slash edge rusher, slash outside linebacker in a 3-4 defense, slash cornerback. That's your money five. Anton Harrison plays one of those money five positions. He's going to get drafted high. The priority will be placed on offensive tackles. According to Pro Football Focus, he's their fourth highest rated uh, offensive tackle. That's huge. That number, that even if you're ranked 30, a lot of times you'll see a bump. So there's a, there's a chance he could be picked in the top 20 of the NFL draft in 2023 just because of the position he plays. 
Just one final thing on the home playoff game possibility. Can you imagine, man? I mean, it opens the door up for Oklahoma to host Texas or vice versa, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Just just wild. And we haven't seen that in, what, a century or more? So it's just crazy to think about, you know, some of the possibilities it presents. Obviously, you know, as long as Lincoln Riley's in USC, the possibility of Oklahoma getting to host – Lincoln Riley in a return and USC in a return game would just be crazy. I mean, it wouldn't be as good going out to USC as it would the venom in Norman, but I, I just, gosh, playoff games at college campuses, I think has been long, 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 long overdue. Anton Harrison, good for him. Smart business decision. Really no, you know, look, I'd love to have Anton Harrison back. He's an NFL talent for him. Good chance. What did what did you put over here at Sooners Wire that he's sort of graded on Draft Wire's two round mock right at the tail end of the first round? I think number thirty on Pro Football Focus's big board. So depending upon what the workout and combine stuff looks like for Anton Harrison, there's a chance that he does sneak into the first round. Probably right, no later than the second round for Anton Harrison. So. You know, really, how much more is he going to enhance his NFL draft status next year? Probably good decision to go while the getting's good and go get your money. So congratulations to him. Totally makes sense. He's had a fabulous season and obviously uh, deserves what happens next. Yep. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. Being part of the impromptu live stream, uh, we just put it together kind of on the fly with uh, the college football playoff expansion news breaking, you know, late on uh, Wednesday night. So, but thank you for, for tuning in, stopping by, being a part of the show, commenting, um, and, and again, subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, we're just 140 subscribers now from 3000. So tell your friends, tell your family, make sure they go to the YouTube, subscribe to the show, and uh, also continue to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. If you like what you hear, Go, get, go leave us a rating wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify. We'd love to get your feedback. Leave us a review as well. Josh, you wanted to say something else, right? Oh, just like and subscribe, people. Please share, share, share Locked On Sooners. This is daily content, ladies and gents, even in the doldrums of – well, doldrums of spring doesn't really exist in Norman, Oklahoma because we have Sooner softball and Sooner baseball that's on the uh, uptick. But – Throughout the spring, through the, those long dog days of summer, we've got Sooner content for you. Uh, throughout the summer, at least probably four days out of a week. So like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Pass it on to a loved one. Locked on Sooners. Appreciate you guys uh, each and every day for making us your first listen. Yep. And uh, we're going to have some recruiting stuff coming up for you on uh, the Thursday show. Josh is going to sit down with uh, John Ruiz of sports illustrated to talk through Oklahoma recruiting. And then next week we'll have our guy Parker Thune on uh, to, to give us his take the ins the OU insider take on Oklahoma recruiting as well as we approach early signing period, December 21 through 23. But again, that's going to do it until next time. He's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then boomer sooner.